Everything all right, Luke? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Nothing to see here. <coughs> hear ye! Hear ye! Last night, Brody's supposedly loving girlfriend, nice as pie, Summer Ranger, kissed me. Yes, that's right, she's not what she seems. I'm Greg Turner. And I'm Pat Raymond. And we're the Holly Blokes. Two American besties here to give you our take on our latest obsession, the steamy UK soap opera, Hollywood. We're two dapper dogs from across the pond. Here to tell you what's really going on in the village where everything happens. And anything can change in an instant. Welcome to Hollywood. All right, we're back. Holly Oaks, where we chat Holly Oaks. Me and Pat are here. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Greg. Welcome back to the village. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Spring is sprung here in the U.S. a little bit. You know, like the spring trailer, we're excited for what's to come in real life in addition to the shows. Yeah, very excited. Um, They're finally giving us something to look forward to, or at least some anticipation of possibly some spring renewal. (laughs) Friday, according to Hulu, was the thousandth episode of Hollyoaks. You noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I saw I did see that. And I thought, okay, well, obviously it's been on for 25 years. I don't think it started five days a week back then. I think it like built up to that at some point. But I'm like, well, obviously they've aired more than a thousand episodes all in all. But I don't know when Hulu started carrying it here in the US. So maybe Hulu started at one. So maybe it's a Hulu numbering or maybe it's some other numbering. Oh, but it must be. I just how- looked it up. There's been 5,560 episodes and counting of Hollyoaks. So yeah, that must have been when they started airing it here in the US on Hulu. Got me to thinking like, how many episodes have you watched of this show? I started in October 2019, I guess. I mean, it feels like I've watched thousands of episodes, but I guess it's probably only been like 100 or 200. No idea. I don't know. That's so weird. So I started with episodes in July of 2019. Um, I'm not good at math. Let's see. So if we... Well, then the pandemic episodes, there were breaks. Yeah, there were less episodes. And the one thing we didn't get via Hulu was when they were airing classic episodes in the UK, you know, to fill in that extra time slot sometimes when they were down to four days or less days a week. So it would have been interesting to see what episodes they were airing. Uh, Sometimes I see some old episodes on YouTube. YouTube knows now that I'm a Hollyoaks viewer, so they recommend random things for me and as long as it's not a spoiler of what's to come I try to watch if it's something that was posted a year ago I know I'm safe to watch and get a little history yeah the algorithm gives me the same things on Instagram and on YouTube and I'm constantly still shocked by things I didn't know happened on the show like recently I saw about there was a a train crash during a wedding several years uh-huh. ago and you know I, I googled tony's porno because that came up a couple weeks ago i think we <laughs> forgot to talk about that on the show but. oh yeah i don't know how he didn't even talk about that but yeah i um i saw a clip with um a wedding on youtube and it was a mcqueen it might have been portia mcqueen and she was marrying i think locky campbell and john paul was like locky likes to ha- likes to hang out with other guys or likes to sleep with other guys and like interrupted this big church wedding and then Portia or whoever the bride was was like I like to sleep with other guys too so what and then they got married anyway I'm like oh my god this is amazing and Nana was all like well you tried to do the right thing John Paul (laughs) 
I was like, oh my God, I wanted to see this whole storyline. And there were like so many McQueens at the wedding, like some that I've never seen. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to see all these McQueens together. Oh, um, someday, someday we'll be on the other side of the stamp virus. We'll have a big wedding. Big wedding, Thousand McQueens. Also, oh. I love when they show me like old clips where like Stee is so young or Mercedes is so young. Or Mercedes like, looks unrecognizable now. Has so many different faces. Also, Sienna has so many different faces. Yes. Like depending on what they, how they do their hair, like you don't even know who they are sometimes in old clips. Well, Greg, we are recapping this week, the week that commenced March 22nd, 2021. And for anyone who's joining us for the first time, that means we are two weeks behind in the US what is airing on Channel 4 in the UK. This week, where, where should we begin? I mean, this week we have to start with Sienna, Summer, Brody, Liberty, all of that mess. I mean, I think I even forgot to mention that Warren's part of it. That storyline yep. had its tentacles throughout the week and throughout a lot of different characters. And we started the week with Summer, who shot Sienna a few weeks ago, on her quest to place blame on someone else. And she's currently decided that Warren is going to be the one who takes the fall. So last week we saw her plant a really ridiculous glamour <laughs> shot of Brody <laughs> with the words R.I.P. scrawled across it into Warren's diaper bag for the twins. <laughs> it's found, and that starts a really ridiculous chain of events where everyone is acting stupid as fuck, and they mm -hmm. end up blaming Warren for the shooting. Yeah, it was a little frustrating at the start of the week because it's like, that's not evidence like yes warren is a bad guy i'll put it in quotes because he's mostly reformed and redeemed at this point but he's a confirmed killer we know he has his evil side or you know dangerous side so the theory is maybe maybe he wanted to shoot brody and and shot sienna instead which is basically what summer was doing i guess summer thinks <laughs> that if he wanted to kill Brody, he would have a glamour shot of him, of course, with R.I.P. written on it in, you know, red lipstick or whatever the hell it was, red <laughs> marker, but might as well have been lipstick. And whatever, I guess as much as I want to say Summer's scheme was dumb, it worked because Sienna and Brody both think that Warren was the shooter. Sienna's aghast and she tells Warren that he can no longer see the kids and she's removed the kids from the village and Warren is devastated. Devastated. I think Summer must be a supernatural being because anytime <laughs> anyone ever talks to her, she's somehow in the background lurking and hearing the conversation. I don't know if she's a succubus or something. It was come to the village. I think she also planted some bullets and that's like the last straw right. that, that convinces everyone. And of course, Summer confesses all of this into her silly journal. Yeah, I don't know why she thinks that this journal is a good idea. Just keep your thoughts in your head when you're trying to get away with shooting a person. Or get <laughs> a diary a with a lock. Yeah, a lock. I don't even know. Use an say... iPad with a passcode? I don't know. Yeah, I would say put it on an iPad or something, but even then I would I would advise against it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then Summer shows up at Sienna's house. Now, these two, I mean, I know keep your enemies closer, but they just keep, and I mean, for weeks now, they've been talking back and forth. It's important that we make this a friendship or something. I don't know if they're full of shit. I mean, they are at times. We know they're full of shit, but sometimes I'm like, why don't you just stay away from each other? What is happening? <laughs> but Summer clearly has an ulterior motive this time, and she tries to bond. I mean, she says it's about girl groups, but that makes no sense, or I think that's what sugar babies and whatever the other girls allowed i think was that the girls other allowed yeah <laughs> yeah you don't knock on someone's door 
when you're an adult and ask them what their favorite girl group is, uh, you know, your boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. So then they start chatting. Sienna sort of stupidly says the quote, dad's doltish daughter strikes again, which launches Summer into prying into Sienna's twisted relationship with her father. Summer gets Sienna to open up and then she pretty much is like, well, I'm going to use all this against you. You suck. And she says she, I guess, kisses. Summer kisses Sienna and says, that's as close as you're going to get to kissing Brody ever again, which was totally twisted. And of course, I loved it. It came out of nowhere. It was shocking. Extremely shocking. So bizarre. So out of nowhere. So like, I rewound it probably about five times just because yeah. A, it's like, did that happen? B, like, how did that happen? And C, what the hell was that weird CGI or whatever they used to try to make it happen? Because obviously these actors did not really kiss. For COVID-wise, not homophobia. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it was weirdly shot, um, you know, COVID, COVID magic, as we talked a lot about last week. So, so yeah, I do think there was some were some people who were like, wait, was that a kiss? What did I see? I don't know. I think I saw what I saw because it was so out of nowhere, but it was so very interesting. Knowing that Summer is bisexual, it would be interesting if she had a little crush on Sienna also. I watched with closed captions a lot and the closed caption said like quick kissing. It was like a peck and Sienna takes that. And of course she hasn't learned anything from like telling Brody about Summer wanting to move in or any of the time she's gone right to Brody with new news about Summer. She doesn't learn from that. And she blows this up into this huge thing where she tells Liberty, she tells Brody. And then eventually she ends up in the damn market with a live mic doing a stand-up set basically about how awful Summer is and how she kissed her. Yeah, and of course Summer denies everything and Brody believes Summer and it doesn't make Sienna look very good. It's a, a backfire. And Liberty then convinces Sienna it's a good idea to back off for now because you're not making your case right now, Sienna, so. Yeah, Liberty says, you've gone too far. You're just being mean now. You need to be better than this. Liberty continues to be concerned about Sienna and later Sienna is cyber-stalking Summer She's become friends with her on whatever fake social media network they have on Hollyoaks. And um, she's liking posts from 2013. Liberty is just very scared of that behavior, even though she agrees that Summer is not good. She does not like Summer, but she's concerned for her sister. She knows where this could go. Yeah, absolutely. It was very funny when Sienna accidentally likes a 2013 post because that is something we all feared doing. We're um, cyber stalking. Yeah. <laughs> All you need is for your crush or your enemy to know you've been going through their de a deep dive into their photos. Um. <laughs> Sienna also goes back to the school to see Sally. She's been on leave because of the shooting. She has a really great scene with Juliet. Yeah, because Juliet is having a hard time readjusting to life on the outside of prison. And she is behaving like a right scally with Sally and Jack and Perry. She lets everyone have it at the top of the week. She's lashing out at the world. Then things do start to turn around for her. She has some heart to hearts with Marnie. She has a nice scene with Perry where she's worried that Perry's not going to forgive her for misbehaving. And Perry's like there to make up and they do make up and they make love. And it's Juliet's first time with a lady. And mm -hmm. James thought it was Fox's he was hearing, which was one of the funniest lines ever. I think we need to take a minute and we need to listen to what Fox's sound like. Do you have that? I up? do. I have that queued up. So. <laughs> 
What the heck? Good for them. Good for good for Jerry, Juliet, and Perry. Wow. So I guess <laughs> Juliet's a screamer. <laughs> Hopefully, most of that was James getting her go. Hopefully, they didn't quite sound like that barking and whatnot but yeah, hopefully um, they don't have a fox problem in the village besides warren fox <laughs> he's enough of a fox problem Ooh. and enough of a fox juliet also makes right with sally and is ready to get on with her studies which she seems to have tried to keep up with while she was inside and she gets as pat said she gets a nice pep talk juliet does from sienna that was a great scene and sally um of course overhears it so sally is ready to give sienna her second chance and she's also ready to allow juliet a, a role um back at hollyoaks high where she can um teach the other students about what she went through and hopefully prevent any future grooming I think that's a really interesting idea. And I hope they continue with that storyline. The idea of Juliet redeeming herself by preventing other kids from falling prey to someone like Jordan or Victor. That could be really great. I hope they do something with that. It seems like they're certainly focusing a little bit more on Hollyoaks High with the opening of the dance school and with these storylines with Sienna going back to teach. I certainly liked Juliet a whole lot better when she was feeling better about herself and back with Perry. The beginning of the week, I was really not liking her, especially since she put so many people through so much and was feeling really sorry for herself. I'm really happy to see her so happy with Perry, her afterglow scene where she's talking to James about it being her first time and everything just sort of fit and was was good was really heartwarming. Go Juliet. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. She's a character that really grew on both of us, I think, in in the time we've been watching. And it's good that she has these um, multiple layers, but it's like when she's just lashing out, it is like a little tedious to watch. So we're glad she got her shit together. Um, Juliet wasn't the only person who got out of lockup this week. Uh, Young Charlie also made it out of the group home. And Charlie is not doing great. He's very, very (laughs) worried that someone's out to get him, that Victor's gang might be coming to get him. So Jack, our favorite character, has the great idea to work with PC George Kiss to install a CCTV in the kitchen. I think CCTV is a great idea for Hollyoaks. Maybe not inside houses, but maybe for like some of the public places where people get shot and stabbed a lot. We have CCTV on the show for a couple episodes and it's in the Osborne household. And Nancy and Darren know it's there and Nancy doesn't like it and she wants Jack to remove it. But knowing it's there, Nancy and Darren have a discussion about their secret tryst that they want nobody to know about knowing they're being recorded. Yes, you heard that right. So as if Summer's little ransom note or whatever with the with Brody's headshot um, wasn't the weirdest thing that happened this week uh, or the stupidest thing, Nancy and Darren behave extremely stupidly, talk about a secret, knowing they're being recorded. I guess they think Jack is just going to have it removed and no one's ever going to watch it. But why would you not take that conversation elsewhere? Oh my God, Mm -hmm. that was frustrating. Very frustrating. It was like, it was a murder doll and they were telling it it's blackmail secrets in front of it. Like stupid, (laughs) stupid people. Oh my God. I wish that Jack had just installed the murder doll surveillance. (laughs) There's a suspension of disbelief, but there's also like, don't give away your secrets in front of, of when you know you're being recorded. Well, and then John Paul starts tutoring Charlie and because he's fallen so far behind in his studies, 
while he was locked up. And, and then Nancy confides in John Paul. And among the things she confides in him, she mentions that Mandy apparently taught Darren some new tricks. Well, oh, hey wow. now. So at least credit where credit's due, even to the home wrecker. <laughs> John Paul, of course, is very sincere to Nancy that he'll keep her secret. He's got to make some amends with her. He really doesn't want to do wrong by Nancy. He's really happy that they're finally rebuilding their tattered friendship. The fact that she's confiding in him means a lot to him. Unfortunately, Jack returns the CCTV to George and George watches because he's jealous of John Paul's relationship with Nancy and Nancy's son, Charlie. And when he watches, of course, he learns Nancy and Darren's secret. Partly Nancy and Darren's own fault, but whatever. Because he's jealous of Nancy stealing John Paul's attention, George forces John Paul to spill the beans because he knows that John Paul was probably confided in and he was right on that hunch. So John Paul does tell him the truth. George, of course, says he won't tell anyone, but he tells Marnie and Scott immediately, which those are probably the two best characters to tell if you want to <laughs> get a secret spread, spread around the village. And they go first to Goldie, who is overheard by Charlie, who flips his lid. Poor Charlie. Poor really kid, poor I know. That is not who you want to hear about your parentals having an ill-advised hookup from and george <laughs> is super duper petty and i think gayer than i've ever seen him on the show like just as he gets more petty and jealous and like mad at like a high school boy he just becomes i think funnier at least in the beginning part of the week and i did enjoy that scene with scott and marnie just looking for desperate dish and <laughs> pc kiss comes in and provides them with that that was fun chemistry we haven't seen together i could see scott <laughs> Being a weird rebounder, somehow falling into George's machinations down the line. Oh my God, no, please no. But that only if that's George's redemption and if he can be redeemed and not be abusive, because I can't handle Scott being at the end of... Uh... <laughs> this abuse oh my god can um, you imagine scott as like anita is like a dominatrix like taking <laughs> over george's life and getting like revenge for everything oh my anita is a dominatrix and and like and george is in a secret room for like six months yes a leather jock strap and chains Oof. and james or chains chains <laughs> james can be the one to find him i don't know then we'll see what happens Ooh. but yeah i don't know george man he has a wicked week literally wicked he pops off he gets John Paul drunk. He's pouring his own wine down the sink and but plying John Paul with liquor. Uh, you know, John Paul, he's fallen for this sort of scenario before. I guess he doesn't really realize. Even if even if you think you're going shot for shot, you should know that you're the one who's getting drunk and like waking up bruised and hungover and disoriented. But John Paul falls into it again. And when he's sufficiently drunk, George confesses that he's the one who spilled the tea, spilled the rumor. And John Paul freaks out. He's very mad. And George is filming him while he's freaking out at him, yelling that he's a liar. And George is like, I can't believe you're treating me this way. Like, what else am I going to do? Just really twisting the situation in such a way that it's a gaslighting. And John Paul's really falling for it. And then... George punches him out. John Paul ends up waking up, disoriented, confused, hurt, bruised, bloodied, having a recollection of the fight, but not seemingly very much of the recollection and, and thinking it's all his fault. And George, of course, twists that even further. George says he's got busted 
you know, bruised ribs or something from John Paul getting physical with him, which is a complete lie. And it has John Paul apologizing for a scenario that really was him being abused. It's twisted around to that extent that he doesn't, he thinks he's the one who was the catalyst of it all. I was just saying how fun George was in the beginning of the week when he takes this turn in this episode, it's just so gross. It just made me feel really sick to my stomach and bad for John Paul. And I think it's well done in a lot of ways. It's supposed to be hard to watch. The punch is very sensational, very like shocking. The aftermath is just super sad. And I know you're not supposed to feel good about a domestic abuse storyline, but man, like I just feel so gross when this is happening. Yeah, it's hard to watch. My um, partner was watching some of the episodes on Thursday and Friday with me, and he doesn't watch the show, but he's seen plenty of it. But he, he couldn't look away like he was trying to do some work or something on his computer, but he kept looking up and he's like, I don't want to watch this, he says at one point. And I'm like, well, I know, but it's twisted. And he, he kept being like, all right, pause this, explain to me what's happening. So I was like, yeah, this guy who's filming this other guy is gaslighting him and abusing him and manipulating him mm -hmm. it's not don't don't you fall for it <laughs> don't you fall for pc kisses charms i think the storyline is definitely getting a lot of attention even from your partner one of our friends also texted they're getting hollyoaks ads now i think because of us um in their in their <laughs> algorithm and said you know who's this who's this nerd abusing this hot cop or whatever yeah and i had to be like it's you're watching the scene wrong it's that's not what's happening the cop is the abuser <laughs> Don't be like Courtney or Perry and, <laughs> or and think it's John Paul yourself. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. There is definitely some insight in these domestic abuse situations, or at least this particular kind that's feeding this writing, for sure. They did their homework because you we're watching, expecting it to play out a certain way. And George continues to masterfully manipulate the situation every step of the way, anything that sets him off a little bit, he makes sure John Paul feels bad about it. And it's really, really crazy. It's really hard to watch, but it definitely rings true. It seems like, you know, a real scenario for someone who has these issues, who is abusive in that way. It feels realistic. And you, you see, you can see as the viewer, how a strong person can end up the victim of something like this, can end up confused by the whole situation mm -hmm. because everything is twisted around so masterfully. So it is being told really well. It's just yeah. a hard I story. think on a show where people make really bad decisions and act stupidly a lot uh, and you don't really understand their motivations, you completely feel for John Paul and you understand why he is still with George at this point. His attractiveness is certainly part of it. They've mentioned that a little bit. I think we've all known people who put up with more than they should because of that. I think they're hitting a lot of the minutia here in ways that is really interesting, as difficult as it is to watch. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of crazy. And we we get John Paul feeling very damaged by the end of the week. And that's how we end the week. I mean, it's it's super sad and he's ugly crying and in love with George. We also had uh, the Brad big heist storyline or whatever this laptop crime spree is. We had a lot of setup with that, a lot of back and forth. Brad is still courting Warren for these shenanigans and Felix wants in on the action as well. Uh, Warren is not doing well, as we mentioned before. He's drunk on a rampage uh, without his kids. He has no tether to the good man in himself. He has no tether to his humanity. So 
he's beside himself. And I really loved Warren this week. As difficult as it is to see him like abusive towards Sienna, like at least verbally, he was desperate. So he wants to do Brad's job because he thinks that this will give him the money to hire a good lawyer and get his kids back. But he behaves badly throughout the week and he's not stable. He's not in a place to, to be reliable. Felix keeps trying to tell Brad that we need to find someone else. We need to find someone else. Brad's great idea for the third man is to bring Toby in. And so Toby's back for a little bit uh, this week. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Brad tries to recruit him. Um, and there's a really great scene between Toby and his father, Felix, where He's confronting him about this criminal behavior, telling him you shouldn't be doing this. You know, if you don't pull out, I'm not going to pull out. There's a lot of talking about pulling out. Mm -hmm. Martine comes in and eventually uh, the family has sort of a, a confrontation with Felix and he decides he has a change of heart and decides he's going to pull out of the job. Yeah, absolutely. It was showed some growth for Felix. You know, it was nice that Toby was the one to bring him there. He's like, basically like, you're trying to be an example for me. Like, do that. <laughs> Go with that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Warren, as he said, he's, he's at the end of his rope. Um, so he's like, why not? He wants to hire a solicitor to get his kids back. Meanwhile, Brad's lover, Trish, is getting ready to launch her dance school. And Leah, Steve's daughter, desperately wants to take classes. So I said we went from like ribbon twirling Ella to uh, <laughs> umbrella twirling Leah. <laughs> um, so Leah's desperate to dance. It's the only thing that makes her happy. I love that we haven't seen Leah in like two years. And she calls Steve at the beginning of the week, her father and he picks up the phone. He's like, what's the emergency? I'm like, you haven't seen her in two years. I mean, he he ostensibly has. She hasn't been on the screen. But Steve did prove he was a good dad because even though he couldn't afford the dance classes, he goes to Trish and he works out a deal with her and he's going to, you know, deep clean the, the gym and Leah's going to be able to take the classes for free. And then Courtney even helps out Leah by brokering a little deal with Trish to get her some suitable clothes to wear while she takes the classes so she doesn't have to go out and buy stuff because... Obviously, money is tight in the Lomax household. Yeah, but Trish is extremely nasty to Maxine again. And this time, like, while well, Courtney and Leah are right in the room, she's asking her if she ate bread. I mean, Maxine is a very thin woman. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of funny because you can even see like she's trying to make a little belly roll. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, oh my God, this woman has no fat on her. But, but there are these relationships with mothers and daughters and it's, not unheard of where it doesn't matter that the daughter's thin, the mother's picking and poking and prodding. And it's maybe not as hard to watch as John Paul getting punched in the face, but it's still hard to watch, especially at Maxine keeps taking this abuse from Trish and it's really insane. So I don't know. Leah's definitely clocking all of it. I don't know if they're gearing up for Leah to have weight issues, eating disorder. I don't know. I mean, that also sounds like hard to watch stuff yeah. that I... I'm hoping doesn't have to happen. But um, again, this is all part of the, you know, ingredients that go in the soup that is Hollyoaks. If it happens, I'm sure they'll do it in a, a responsible way and a way that makes it interesting. I'm nervous for yeah. Leah. I was nervous when Trish saw her dance and was immediately taking her under her wing and like, I want you to perform at the opening on Monday. I was nervous that she 
is maybe trying to like make an example of her or like humiliate her. But my fears were alleviated a little bit when she gives her the used clothes and she has some really nice moments with Courtney and Leah and shows her humanity and shows that she's not always this awful evil diva. And then that makes the change when Maxie Moo shows up and she starts laying into her. So the juxtaposition between her being kind to Leah and then so mean to Max is really makes it harder to watch. It's fun to see Leah. I thought her name was Melissa at the beginning of the week. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Courtney yelled Melissa, but I think, cause I was like, did the caption get that wrong? I'm like, no, she yelled Melissa, but I think that Courtney was referencing one of the many dance shows that air in the UK. Uh, because she's like, Melissa, that's a yes for me or something. So that must uh, be like a host of. Yeah, like a Simon Cowell-ish person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't get the reference, got it. They have so many dance shows over there like we have a we have quite a few but i think they have more yeah and that that's what i have to remind myself every time i'm like why is there a dance storyline on this this is not what i'm here for i've seen that feedback online too a lot of people are like this is just distracting from the show this dance school is stupid i don't know i i'm just watching it i think that it it has potential i don't know where it's gonna go exactly but my only issue right now is trish being (laughs) such a nasty 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 lady to uh maxine and i hope that we can get some resolve on that sooner rather than later all right it's time for our weekly breakdown of the best of the week we always start with scene of the week lately we've been doing our nominees but i don't know this week it seemed like there was a scene that stood out yeah I, i think we both shared the same favorite scene so with apologies to anyone who likes hearing uh, <laughs> our list of nominees, should we just tell them what scene we like the most? I think we do, yeah. The winner this week is Summer. Summer kisses Sienna. Sienna. Woo! That was a crazy scene. Summer totally like flips the switch on Sienna, gets nasty, reads her, and then kisses her. They both seem to think they have the upper hand pretty much all week. That's why this showdown is so interesting, really. They're similar in a lot of ways. Some weeks you're kind of rooting for Summer, some weeks you're kind of rooting for Sienna. Their their rivalry has been intriguing and the kiss was super, super shocking. One of those soap opera moments that I just love. Totally ridiculous, totally worked. I loved how they played with expectations, you know, them coming together, seeming to finally be friends. They've bonded over their less than ideal childhoods and Summer just immediately betrays Sienna rather than waiting till she gets home using that information she turns on a dime that was the first shocking moment and then the kiss was just ridiculous from the (laughs) fact that it happened to how it happened to how it was staged to the aftermath that was a Sid's leg in the river level oh my god Hollyoaks moment for me yeah absolutely Now, star of the week. Star of the week, I'm going to make you go first this week. All right, well, I'll go first because last week, if you remember, we had so many sort of contenders with the wedding and all the drama and all the revelations and juicy cliffhangers every day and Victor's last stand. This week, everything was good, but it wasn't, I don't think there were that many contenders. I do think there were contenders for star of the week, and I do have a couple close seconds or a second and third But the person that I was going with at the top of the week is the person that I felt confident still at the end of the week was the star. And that person, I would say, in my opinion, is Sienna. Anna Of course. Sienna Blake. 
Sienna Blake week. Yay. Sienna Blake week. Yeah, she owned the week. She absolutely owned the week. Even when she was making a fool out of herself in the Cunningham Grand Bazaar, you know, she was just on top. She was showing us why we love to watch her. She's confident she's going to get her life back. She's going to get revenge on Summer. Uh, she's going to get to the bottom of everything with Warren and her shooting. So, yeah, I think she's become such a centerpiece of the show. And I guess she always has been. But for me, when I started watching, she was always really boring. She was just trying to get pregnant with Brody. It wasn't it wasn't compelling. So it, she was just like a boring white lady in the background, like <laughs> doing white lady stuff. And I just wasn't into it. Now, like as she's become crazy, this, this summer storyline, her chemistry with Warren, it's all great. And this week, she just had so many great moments, you know, her reaction to the kiss, her moment when she tells Summer to leave immediately once she realizes like that she has bad intentions, just like you need to leave. That was that was great. And her like tight five stand up routine thing in the bazaar was just her coming unraveled and being like genuinely funny, like just so campy and fun there. And then she was great with Juliet, showing that she actually is a good teacher, even though you know you forget that she has a vocation, you forget that she has this other side because she never goes to work. So maybe we'll <laughs> see more there. But this week, you know, Anna Passy, thank you. Thank you for everything you do. You make our lives better. Yeah, she's terrific. I mean, I started watching, she was trying to kidnap her children back from Warren and it was, she was like doing all sorts of drama. So I loved her at that moment. But yeah, it is true. Like the way characters take a back burner or have different storylines all the time, go away for weeks at a time. Depending on when you watch, you might not realize like how big someone is. Like when I started watching, I'd heard of Mercedes McQueen, but I wasn't even sure if the character was still on the show. And like, she wasn't on for like two months and then she was on and she wasn't even doing anything, but I was like, oh, this is why people love Mercedes McQueen. Um, I'm <laughs> like, she is a badass. And you can just tell that even when she's just, you know, pouring a Guinness or whatever. All right. Well, I think it's time to look ahead. And this is the part of the show where we each ask each other a pressing question about where we think the show could be headed or where we hope it's headed. So, Greg, I'll start by posing you a question. All right. We talked a lot about storylines that are frustrating us. What storyline this week bugged you the most and what would you have changed or what where would you change it going forward? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I guess I really have to go with Trisha Maxine because I do I do love Trisha's presence on the show. I know from reading some comments online, some people don't like it because they don't think it's the same characterization as the previous Trish who was on years before. You know, if I was watching back then, I could have those problems and qualms, but I, I don't um, because I, I'm a newer viewer. So while I respect that point of view, I don't mind this characterization of Trish. I think she's a fun energy and I do like her on the show, but the constant picking on Maxine, it's really, I mean, we've talked about it so much here on the podcast. It's strange. It's like bordering on strange because it's in front of anyone. It's really just uncensoredly mean. So I I really would love them to have some peace. Like for me, it could be as simple as Maxine just calling her out and Trish understanding that what the heck, why am I behaving this way? Because Trish isn't just like a, a one level character. Like she understands other characters on the show. So I, so why she's treating her daughter so crappily irks me. It irks me. So that's what I would change going forward. I hear that. Yeah. They've, flesh out. they've shown other levels to Trish recently with her self-awareness last week of being a loud, uh, not stealthy person. You know, she has this <laughs> kindness towards Leah and Courtney, which hopefully is genuine. Um, and obviously 
she gets around. She's uh, she's a sexual being who who likes men. So, but this this sort of one sided just nastiness towards Max is yeah. There there needs to be more. Max needs to give it back to her. Something needs to happen. So I'm totally stand with up, you. hold stand up for herself, hold yeah. her own. Yeah. My question for you is about one of the characters who I thought also had a really terrific week this week, and that's Warren. We got to see the actor Jamie Lomas really be devastated over over Sienna keeping the kids away from him and that repercussion of being falsely accused of being the shooter. Going forward with Warren, I mean, he's a very complicated character um, with many angles. Where do you want to see him go from here? Ooh, good question. I do love me some Warren Fox, and he is certainly a fox. He's become one of my favorite characters. This week, he did great. He almost was a star of the week for me, but I think it was just, he was too much in the background. He, he had a lot of great moments, but no like sort of defining moments. And Anna Passy ultimately had the edge this week. But for Warren, I want something more than the criminal element. I want something more than Sienna. I want him to find like some other love interest that can maybe make Sienna upset and jealous. And, and maybe they'll find their way back to each other down the road. But I've been sort of thinking about who could be good contenders for that. And it seems from the spring trailer, we might be seeing some Maxine and, and Warren entanglements. Maybe that's a mislead. Maybe it's it's coming. I could see that being interesting. They're two characters that we haven't seen much together. I think they're attractive people, like it would be fun to see. But for me, I'm hopeful that this job goes well, he gets the money and he can hire a lawyer and I hope he hires Verity. And I want to see those two characters have a crazy, like, sexual love affair, like, just sparks, like, they hate each other. They're so different. She's sort of similar to Sienna, so I could see, like, where Warren would be attracted. I don't know what the attraction for her would be, because she does seem to be interested in status, um, and she's obviously still trying to make things work with Sami. So we'll see, but, but that's one pairing that I would love to see, and I think it would kind of come out of nowhere. That would be cool. I mean, they would be hot, and yeah. We need to see Verity get her freak on. <laughs> yes. I, I would love to see her sort of let her hair loose and like hang out with this criminal and sort of just be like hate herself for, for sleeping with him. But maybe, you know, catch feelings when she sees that he can be a good man with kids and maybe she, you know, wants a kid now, you know. It could be part of her rebellion too, like, you know, rejecting her upbringing and mm -hmm. everything that was Edward. Because Edward would have really hated that. Oh, Yeah. All right, we've made it to the end of the show. Thanks for listening this week and every week. You can watch new episodes of Hollyoaks in the U.S. on Hulu and, of course, on Channel 4 across the pond. Thanks to a bloom for our wonderful theme music. Questions? Want to give us your take? Want to be books? We're at Hollybooks on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And as always, for advice on real issues, go online to channel4.com support. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.